welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast for another week of film photography fun and games. I can't promise any games, that may have been a lie, but definitely fun. We have got fun. And joining me this week to help with hosting all of this amazing fun is the wonderful Claire Marie Bailey and John Whitmore. Oh, Hello. Team Supreme. How are you, Claire? I'm very well, Graham, as always. Yeah. I'm very much enjoying we've got I mean the listeners can't fully see this although it's on video go to YouTube folks <laughs> but we're getting a different look at Claire's house this week this has been good <laughs> we're slowly getting to see piece by piece where are we this week Claire um we're in my lounge <laughs> <laughs> very nice I've, I've sort of um cleared a lot of the chaos um <laughs> yeah well, it looks great. And John, how are you? Have you had a nice day? I'm distraught. <laughs> <laughs> I'm distraught. Um, I actually saw Graham in the flesh today, and I'm, I think I'm scarred for life. It was a real treat, wasn't it? It was, it was a real great. treat. It was. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about our adventure a little bit later, because we want to get to our much-promised fabulous guest. A warm welcome back to the show for the one and only Mike Caputo. Mike, welcome back. Thank you, Graham. Nice to be here. It's lovely to be here with you, too. And it's great to be able to share you on video for the first time as well. Um, <laughs> as somebody who is, uh -huh. you know... <laughs> As somebody who is a fan of, you know, stage and screen, this seems like a perfect venue for you now. Ah, uh, man, I got a face for radio. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're looking tanned and cool in your fireman's, uh, I was going to say outfit. That's not the right word. Costume, no. that's the right word. Costume. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he claims to be a fireman secretly he's just a stripper but you know <laughs> um but it's great to have you back with us guys it's been a while since we spoke as well mike um i think since we last chatted i think you're now you've changed job you've moved to a different um station and been promoted and doing all sorts of fun stuff aren't you on the island that's right. Yeah. So I live on the east side of the Big Island in Hilo and I got a promotion. So now I work on the west side, which is about a two hour drive from my house. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, I work 24 hours on, 24 hours off, and then I have a four day break after three of those as well. So it's not too bad. And the commute, there's only about five stoplights the whole way, all two hours. And you can't really complain about driving across beautiful landscape in Hawaii. So I don't mind. I don't mind the trip. It's nice because I stop and get out and take a lot of pictures along the way. Mm. Too. That sounds pretty great. And how is the weather in lovely Hawaii at the moment? Well, it's the same as always. It's uh, about <laughs> 73 degrees, partly sunny, rainbows in the sky and unicorns prancing around. It's beautiful. <laughs> Cut him off, John. Cut him off. <laughs> That's it. Down here. We're done. Get rid of him. Right. Interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, we wanted to talk to you for lots of reasons, mostly just because it's a delight to have you back on, but especially because you uh, have recently, I think you've only just released it into the wild, but for the last year, you've been working on and putting together this fairly spectacular collaboration of artists to produce a body of work from across all of America. So uh, tell us what you've been up to, Mike. Sure, uh, except you've got the time frame wrong. Okay, the last is it this month. March? It's only this March you've done it all. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, wow. I saw March, I read March, went, well, this has to have taken a year because the organizational 
stuff needed yeah. to put it all together. Okay, well, that makes it even more impressive. Go on then, show <laughs> off. God it was, <laughs> it was a lot of work, a mm. lot of work, way more work than I thought. Initially, I thought, oh, I'll just get 50 photographers, one from every state, and put together a little zine. It'll be a snap. I'll be done by, you know, a few days. But, <laughs> a couple uh, of hours. <laughs> a couple of hours. It took, it took a lot of time to put together. I would say from when the idea hit me, from when the idea hit me to when I had all the photographers lined up was about 24 hours. Uh, wow. I started messaging people on Instagram that I follow or who follow me, just looking at their accounts. And I put out a general message, you know, just, hey, I'm... I'm I'm going to put this project together, a zine featuring a photographer from each state, black and white photographs. And I told him a little bit about how it's going to be laid out, uh, like include a bio and what type of film they use, chemistry, developing, or a lab. And everybody who, just about everybody who I messaged was really excited to participate mm. and they wanted to be a part of it. So the list filled up really fast. And for states where I didn't have I couldn't find anybody. I was getting a lot of recommendations from people who were participating. Say, oh, I know a great person for Arkansas or Wyoming or whatever. So that was also very helpful as well. And once I had the, the list compiled, I gave everybody a deadline of three weeks to either shoot fresh for the zine because, you know, three weeks is enough time to at least get out and send off to the lab if you need to shoot mm -hmm. for a day or... I said you could go to your archive and use some old favorites to submit. Yeah, so I'm just really pleased with the way it turned out and it was a lot of fun to work on. It, even though it was a lot of work, it was really fun to put it all together. Did you um, did you give a brief to the photographers of what you were looking for in the images? Yeah, so I wanted to highlight mostly the photographer, not necessarily the state, you know, it's just, I was interested in the wide variety of styles of shooters all across the country. So mm. I asked for something that might represent their geographical area or the state that they're in. See if they could send me one photo that, you know, has some feel for that state and the rest can be in whatever style they like, whatever, whatever type of photography they do, whether it's portrait or landscape, or whatever, whatever they like. So I asked for five images. Um, I needed to be able to work with the orientation on the layout and the page. And so every photographer has anywhere from two to five images in their two page spread. What was it that inspired this in the first place? Why did you one day wake up and think, uh, this seemed, I mean, I, the fact that you said, oh, I'm sure this will be easy. I can't imagine even you thought, oh, this will be easy. I mean, getting <laughs> artistic people to do anything in a timely fashion is like herding cats. Um, what, <laughs> what prompted you to take this on? Well, I'm a good organizer. Uh, and I'm driven. Once I get an idea and I want to do it, I make it happen. That's that's kind of just my personality. Uh, I kind of have a forceful personality in that way. Uh, I don't know. The idea came to me. I was, you know, thinking I'm going on a road trip in July with my family. We're going to RV across America. We're going to go, well, mostly the West. We're going to go Colorado, Texas, New Mexico. We're spending a month on the road in an RV. It's 
probably the last time we'll do a family trip. It's going to be the first one like that and probably the last time because my daughter's going to be off to college pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about how I'd like to shoot it all and what films I'd like to use and how it would be great to photograph every state. And then I started thinking about all the other photographers I know, you know, through social media throughout the country and about their style of photography. And then I, I've been... I have a zine that I put out not too long ago. It's just a color one of some color film I've shot in Hawaii. I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could uh, put out a zine with all different photographers featuring their own state? I thought mm -hmm. that would be really neat. And as soon as the idea hit me, I started messaging people on social media before I even, you know, before I even had the uh, complete concept solidified. <laughs> I just had a general idea of what I want. I'm like, hey, you want to do this? You want to join? And then I started, you know, typing up a more copy and paste type message I could send out to mm. invite more people. So, yeah, and I couldn't believe it. You know, 48 hours at the most, we had everything filled up. Wow. Did you have a pretty good idea of a lot of the people you wanted to get in touch? I mean, you said you found it easy to get in touch and find people. Did you have a pretty good list of at least a chunk of the states of, yes, I know the person in that state, I know the person in that state? Um, or was it more a case of reaching out as a general message and saying, look, if you're in this state and you're up for doing this, would you be on board? There were, I would say, about... 30% of the photographers, or maybe even more than that, maybe like 50% I might have known through social media, hmm. never having met in, in real life. And mm -hmm. so the other 25 were complete strangers that I just reached out to or were recommended by other people. So I had, you know, my first pick for people I know, oh, okay, I know this guy, I'll send him a message. And I, I might have got 10 people that way. And then it was really hard because I, I couldn't figure out where all these people I follow were from. You know, I had to dig through their social media accounts mm -hmm. and see if, oh, okay, this, this person's from Michigan. Okay, I know it was in Michigan. So, or the same thing, Montana. Oh, yeah, this guy might be from Montana. All right, so I'm sending them a message. And, yeah, it, it came together. I, I'd say that first two days, I probably spent 10 hours a day messaging back and forth between people. So that was, that was a big, I felt such relief when I hit 50. <laughs> I was like, yes, I've got all the states covered. Okay. So, did you have a big, yeah. did you have a map on the wall where you were like pinning in people's photos into each state? <laughs> well, so I uh, said, so I'm organized. What I did was I, I made a list and I put everybody's Instagram handle, because that's how I got this whole thing filled mm. was through Instagram. I put their Instagram handle by their state. And then I started, I just kept re-messaging myself that list. And I'd message other photographers as well. Hey, this is who we've got filled so far. This is who's representing this state. If you know anybody for the other states that might be a good fit, mm. uh, let me know and I'll, I'll ask them, I'll invite them. And so I kind of looked at everybody's profiles too and the type of, photography that they do and their pictures mm. and stuff and we have everyone from I didn't want just all professionals or all amateurs I, it's a nice nice wide range of you know everybody from beginning enthusiasts to people who you know are award-winning professionals and mm. that's all they do is photography and art and stuff mm. like that so yeah it's a nice combination of, of a little bit of everything 
Was there something in particular that you were looking for when you started going through people's profiles and hunting people down? Did you have an idea of the kind of, I mean, you've already mentioned that you wanted everyone to submit at least one picture that represented their state in some way, shape or form, and then other pictures that were more just demonstrative of the rest of their work. But when you were going through, were you looking through this with a particular visual style in mind for the um, feel of the book or was it more a case of no i just want to find somebody who i like is good and it doesn't matter how they're good just as long as they're good yeah even even the whole good part wasn't too important to me because <laughs> <laughs> i just you know i enjoy all different kinds of photography i enjoy looking at all different types yeah. of photography and good is a real subjective word too right? mm -hmm. some people could really like a person's style or photography, another person could say, oh, that's rubbish, mm. right? It's, it's all subjective. So I was just more concerned with them being as passionate about film as myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as bad. I, I love it, you know, still. So. Just that, the, that they use film and it's black and white film. That was, those, those were the criteria, right? You have to have black and white film images. I need five, something that represents your state somewhat and then the rest in your own particular style. Mm. And you gotta have it to me by three weeks and you gotta have all this <laughs> other stuff to play. <laughs> but it was, um, I met a lot of great new, uh, interesting people because of it. Really pleased about that. I had a lot of fun putting it together and just, you know, communicating with all the photographers and stuff. So it was a really fun project to work on. And, and like I said, I, I was driven to get it done. I mean, I put all my personal stuff on hold and I, I, from the deadline to when everybody submitted their photos to when I actually put it out was one week. Oh my wow. God. Oh, that's, that's insane. Why, why, okay. Why such a short turnaround time? Why, why was that important to you? Uh, I'm tenacious when I have an idea. When I, I have think the word a... you're looking for is really impatient. <laughs> <laughs> that's not tenacious. That's really impatient. I'm just, you it's know, I, I I get on a project on one mm -hmm. thing and then I just focus on that. Mm -hmm. I just focus on that one thing until it's completed. And mm -hmm. it wasn't like the speed of it wasn't it wasn't about the speed because. I would spend sometimes an hour or two hours just on one particular page, um, playing with the photos on the page, playing with the different images they sent me and what I thought personally looks best with their photos and the layouts and might tell their story the best. Mm. So, you know, it, it wasn't about speed. It was just about a passion for putting out a really good final product. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed working well, on it. Given the incredibly short timeline, three weeks. I mean, like I could do, I could manage the part where it doesn't need to be good. That I got nailed. Um, but <laughs> three weeks, seriously. How many people were actually able to do what you needed and get you the results in three weeks? Did you have many people who you originally sourced that just couldn't make that? Mm, there was one. One, one couldn't make the deadline, and I had to uh, had to get him replaced. Yeah, yeah. 
That's very impressive. Which state but, was the one that let you down? I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so when that happened, I went out and I just started searching hashtags and all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. to find somebody for that state, messaging mm -hmm. a few people. And one guy got back to me. He's like, I'm on it. I'm in. I've got tons of stuff in the archives, too. And, you know, he had great pictures and he had mm -hmm. the stuff to me with the bio and all that information in an hour he's like oh yeah i want to be a part of this so mm -hmm. yeah that's fantastic i was fortunate i was really fortunate in that i thought for sure okay i've got over 50 people 50 photographers and artists i'll be lucky to get you know 70 percent of them in on time and everybody, everybody was super prompt. And I set out, sent out some reminders too. you know, Hey everyone, just want to let you know we're on track. A lot of people have been submitting and people sent me stuff early too. people who were using stuff from the archives. So I was able to begin with the layout and mm. kind of get a feel for it. And while I was doing that, I was also sending it out to everyone participating. Hey, this is kind of what the zine is going to look like. Uh, here's a feel for it. So you have an idea uh, of what images you might want to send and how they might look on the page. Let, let's talk about the work that's in there for a bit, um, because the work of 50 disparate artists coming together, um, were you surprised by what you got sent in the first thing? Was there anything that you got through coming through that really stood out? Um, was there stuff that you just never expected that you would see? How did you feel when the people's images, either from the archive or new stuff, started arriving? I was blown away by how good it all was, how mm. impressed I was by all the photography. Um, and as more and more people kept sending me their photos, I thought, wow, there's some really good work in here. A lot of it, most of it is spectacular. And I said, okay, I've got a, I, I've taken on a big responsibility here to Mm -hmm. uh, show all these people's work in the best way possible and make sure I do a good job with the layout and presentation yeah. because that's, you know, 50 photographers sending me their work and they're putting their trust in me to uh, put out their images in a, in a nice mm -hmm. way as well. So I wanted, I wanted to make sure that uh, they were happy with their layouts too. So sometimes I would, when I'd finish a layout, I would send it, hey, what do you think of this? And I'd get feedback from them. Mm. And just about everybody said, oh no, I really like, I really like how it's turned out. Mm. And so I was just blown away by, by the, the amount of different styles and techniques. And I really liked seeing the, the chemistry, the developments, you know, the cameras used and just how, how how much the styles vary through it all. Mm. Yeah. I was Did... going to ask you if you enjoyed that curation aspect, you know, so you've got all the work and then how much time you spent selecting, curating each page so that they all complemented each other and worked together. Did yeah, you enjoy that? It was aspect? fun. That how, yeah. I, I really did. Um, I spent a lot of time with each page because I wanted it to look you know, like, again, it's all subjective, but I just, I just wanted a nice clean layout that kind of really focused on the images 
which is why um, all the film notes and chemistry yeah. types and all that stuff, I put it at the end because mm -hmm. I tried it at first on the page and it seemed to take away, like the more words that were on the page, the more yeah. it took away from the images. Yeah. So I wanted very simple, clean layout that really, really showed off the photography. Mm. But though, so what you're looking at right now is it's the title of the state, the okay. photographer's name and whatever bio they sent me. And then that little blip underneath that is their social media or their website information. I thought you were going to say it's their social security number, which seemed like a bit of an overshare <laughs> to me. Um, so Did you work it with each, when, when you curated it, uh, Mike, is each page um, work from the same artist um, or have yes. you put together? So that's how you've, yeah, that's how you No, so each, each page yeah. is one artist and it goes in alphabetical order okay. of the state. So you open up the book, it's Alabama, and by the end it's Wyoming. And each okay. artist has... The left and right page so that information on the left page is the state the artists their bio mm. and their contact information mm. and then on the right page is also their photos yeah yeah did you notice any trends within the photography you know what did you see similarities within clustered states or is it was it all very independent of that you know mm. would you say you saw an east coast west coast split or yeah. stuff like that on it <laughs> well like right here you're you're taking a look at missouri right now right so you got the guys with the long beards and the whiskey barrels and the sheep out there i mean i just you do kind of get a feel for each state as you flip through the mm. photographs which is which is really nice and um some states have more than one photographer okay. so <laughs> <laughs> that's good I had, it's a lot I had of responsibility out, for one person <laughs> i had sent out invitations and i said well you know what i'm not going to tell this person no it's a big zine and it's a big country and mm -hmm. it's my fucking zine so i'll do what i want to do right mm -hmm. <laughs> so some states have more than one we got the electoral college anyway so there you go <laughs> That's all that matters. That is all the most. Are there any that particular? Like, do you have any particular favorites from this? Is there any work in this that really you saw and went, "Oh wow, this is amazing"? Yeah, this there are. Look, look at this picture you're on right now, for example. I mean, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful. So, who is this, John? You what can see clear, more clearly than yeah. we can. What state are we in now? See the name. Let's zoom in if we can. There you go, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Sorry. So this for the benefit of people who are, who are listening to this, um, what John's currently doing is flicking through the virtual book on Blurb, mm. uh, which is where you're selling this through, right, Mike? Yeah, that's a preview you're flicking through right this now. This is yeah. Ray Raymond, is it Ray, does it say Raymond Lars? Is that Ray LaRose, yeah. Ray from Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think he Lovely. shot that on an 8x10. Oh, really? So you've got a real <laughs> yeah. good selection of um, formats as well as subject matter. Oh yeah, from 35 millimeter to eight by 10. And there are a couple of wet plate artists in there as well that make their oh, own wow. emulsions. Yeah. Mm. Illinois has a wet plate. North Dakota does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I figured, well, black and white film or if you make your own emulsion, that's pretty good too. Yeah, we'll, we'll allow that. We'll allow that. <laughs> Why did you go for black and white given what yeah. A diverse country America is, and what and and the, the, well, there you the go. Way so right there, 
mm. right there. Right. I, yeah. I put um, an introduction, you know, to start off the zine. And why I chose black and white, I personally, I love black and white photography and I have a dark room and it's, it's mostly what I do, but also, you know, it's the most, I think it's the most fundamental aspect of photography, right? The most fundamental yeah. form. You get black and white film, right? Bunch of little tiny individual grains that make up the whole, right? Just like the country, you know, shades of gray, right? So I, I just really love black and white photography. So that's why I chose black and white. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a volume two and volume two will be the color. Mm -hmm. All different photographers. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, are you going to do a, a second one? And yeah, I think I might. I got to let this one simmer for a little while and yeah. work on some of my own personal stuff. But <laughs> maybe there will be a volume two down the road. So I'm assuming that you submitted your own work for Hawaii. Would that be correct? Yes. Yeah, I represented so, Hawaii. That's good. It would have been weird if you hadn't. Let's face it. <laughs> um, what did you choose to share? What pictures did you share? So the, the first picture I used was my daughter. She's on stage performing hula. So she's dressed up mm -hmm. uh, in the outfit that her halal wears. And then on the other page, I have some shots with the Nikonos. I shoot with the Nikonos a lot in the water. And so there you go. You have a palm tree and its reflection and then some surf. I surf all the time, so I bring mm -hmm. it out there. And then swim with sharks. I was swimming with some sharks with the Nikonos. So took some snaps of that. That's awesome. Really right. The way you've got the uh, the line of the surfer coming down over to the top of the uh, the whale that's really nicely edited. Thanks. <laughs> that's a shark, down. though. Oh, sorry, a shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. Big wet underwater thing. <laughs> Did you find um, it fairly, I suppose, because you'd given yourself the structure that you were going to go alphabetically through the states, things just had to follow on from one another. Did you find that worked fairly well, that being as it was all black and white, that it all tied together fairly well? Or were there any times where you found yourself going, ah, the transition from this page to the next is quite jarring because of the different styles of work? No, I like, I think it keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're flipping through a, a book or, and everything's very similar, then you, know, you could get bored. So I really like that the orientation on the pages changes from page to page. Uh, you don't, there are similar layouts throughout the book, except when you go from page to page, they're usually changing, which is kind of nice. It mm -hmm. keeps the eye interested, I think. Mm -hmm. And I told Alabama, I said, yo, Jeremiah, you got a big <laughs> responsibility, brother. You're the opener. <laughs> <laughs> I need some good stuff from you. <laughs> and did he deliver? That's the important thing. He, did. Did he, he certainly did. He certainly did. If you if you go to Alabama. Go on, let's yes. see Alabama. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful photos. Oh. So we'll have a link to this page with the blurb preview in so people can go and have a look and order and buy the book directly from there. Yeah, you, so you, I figured the best way to do it was to be able to order individual prints, you know, individual mm -hmm. copies instead of myself ordering 100 or 200 or whatever and then having to ship them out to everybody. So I use Blurb. I've, I've worked, I've got one thing from them in the past and I like it. it it's pretty nice, a nice satin page and good weight to it. So I was pleased. 
And this way, it relieves me of the responsibility of having to personally mail all these things out. Mm -hmm. So you could go directly to Blurb. And right now, there's actually a discount going, 25% off discount if you use the, the code TEAM25. TEAM and then the number two and five. Get 25% off. That's pretty awesome. How long is that going to last yeah. for? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> probably, probably not long. It's not, not me long. that puts it on. It's it's the printer. You know, they come gotcha. out with these sales all the time. Yeah. So right okay. now there's well, one going on. I just noticed yesterday. Run, don't walk. Although by the time you hear this, you may have already missed it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but still go and see it. Because it is beautiful. I mean, the... um. You mentioned before that you have your own darkroom, the Hawaii darkroom, and you love printing and you love having control over all aspects of that. Um, is it more difficult as somebody who likes to have that control, to have stuff just coming in that you just have to accept, okay, this is just how it is? Or do you find that it's, you know, does it irk you sometimes to look at a print and go, ah, oh, if, if, if I could just get my hands on the negative and just tweak this a bit, um, or are you very cool about stuff like that? No, I never thought that at all. When when really? I got everyone's photos, I was very pleased with what everyone sent. Mm -hmm. And some sent more than five, which kind of frustrated me because I was, <laughs> I was oh, these are all good. I don't know what to use now. Uh, I just mm -hmm. wanted five mm -hmm. to be able to play with the orientation. I wanted the photographer to to basically choose five images where all of them could be on the page. Yeah. The only time I didn't use all five was because I, I would feel that too much going on on the page mm. or something is worthy of just being on the page alone by itself because mm. it's so good. Mm. So these were the kind of things that I was frustrated with is just wondering if I'm presenting the images in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Everybody's work is wonderful, beautiful. And I, I just hope that everyone's pleased with how I presented their photos. And, and so far I've gotten nothing but positive feedback, which makes mm. me very happy. Oh, it looks from the photographers. Yeah. Yeah. It Thank looks you. really beautiful. Um, it's quite a good little, um, snapshot also of just film usage across the country um you said that there some states you found it a bit trickier to find people than others i mean do you think that's just because of your own personal social media groupings that people around there i mean did you get a feel for where the country is at in terms of how popular film photography is i'm guessing that there's some states where there is a real overabundance of people shooting films. California cannot mm. have been a hard state to find anybody who's shooting film. Is there anybody right. not shooting film in California who would like to submit to this scene? I had the hardest time finding um, North Dakota, Arkansas, then even <clears throat> neighboring Indiana. Indiana is mm. close to, you know, right next to Illinois, where I'm originally mm. from. So eventually I just put out kind of a cryptic message on my Instagram story. I said, hey, anybody from these states right here, I've got something cool going on, message me if you are. Because most of the people I think who follow me are film shooters anyway. Mm. And so I filled up a couple states that way. Uh, they messaged me back. I said, oh, great, here's what's going on. And they, they said, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to participate. Mm. 
And then I made a few cold calls too for a couple of states. I just had to search through hashtags, do Google searches, film photographers. Some of them were kind of tricky, but eventually I was able to find somebody. Like um, Georgia, for example, I was trying to fill Georgia and I wound up messaging this lovely young lady in the country of Georgia. (laughs) 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 And uh, she got back to me and let me know that... um, (laughs) that's the wrong georgia (laughs) but you know what we wound up following each other and she's a wonderful artist Mm -hmm. actually and uh, i'm glad i accidentally messaged her (laughs) that's really cool do you think that the what like is it because film photography is just not as well spread within these states that you found it more difficult to find people do you think I really have no idea. I mean, who knows why you follow someone on there? You know, you just like the the layout, their pictures, or you have a nice repertoire with a certain person. So you follow each other, right? And um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Not me, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So you said, Mike, that... um, before you even think about doing a volume two, I mean, have you thought maybe like now you've got 50 states in one book, just kind of go through state by state by state, just like a book per state? I mean, that'll keep you out of mischief for at least, I don't know, a year, I guess, the speed you get through. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. That sounds like that sounds like fun, like a lot of work though, too. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> One a week. I'm just happy with this one. I'm going to let it marinate for a little mm. while and, you know, see see the reception of it. And if if there's a lot of positive feedback, I, I would be interested in doing volume two. And like I said, for the next one, I think what I'll do is put out a calling, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to do volume two and it's going to be in color. Let me know mm-hmm. if you're interested and submit stuff and then choose them that way as opposed and it'll be all different photographers every every single state would be different Mm. so i have ideas but you know the work in finding um 50 (laughs) photographers like i say i had it done in two days but when i say that i mean i was going for two days straight (laughs) finding all these people all day long yeah Yeah. Mm. you should do that for wales claire yeah. It'd be a bit easier for you, wouldn't you? When you got what? How many? How many different councils are in Wales? Seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how many there are. Um, but definitely, that'd be good. It might be good. Um, so, what else are you doing for yourself then, Mike? What other projects are you working on at the moment? Well, I'm working on my own book, so I'm sort of I put that on the side. Just a collection of my black and white photography since I got into it about. 2015, I think, is when I really started shooting film again. Mm-hmm. So just going through the archives and kind of trying to find, to put out my own hardcover book. And that, that's actually what I'm going to do with this um, 50 mm-hmm. on film. I, I'm going to turn it into a hardcover limited run down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because most most of the people who participated were asking me, they're saying they would really like a hardcover version of this as well. Mm-hmm. So that does sound cool. Yeah. And darkroom stuff. You know, my personal, the, my projects are uh, just printing in the darkroom. 
Uh, yeah. There's some galleries, local galleries in town that um, I give my prints to and they put up and sell over there. Mm. So just basically printing. Yeah. Did everything that's gone on over the last year affect what you're doing much? No, not at all. Really? Zero, actually. Yeah. I mean, I live on <laughs> an island in the middle of the ocean and it's a pretty rural place. Mm. Yeah. And I'm always outside doing stuff anyway, or at the beach surfing or at my darkroom studio. And I didn't, I never closed it down. We only have like five members and I consider it an essential business. So mm. <laughs> essential yeah, I, I've made, right, right at the beginning of all this, I made a permit. Um, I have a permit. It's got a little American flag on it. And then under that, it says I can do what I want. And it's got my name. So there you go. <laughs> that's legally binding. I'm pretty sure that's legally binding. Mike, because you do so many photographs, like when you're out surfing or in the water, do you have to adapt your cameras for the water? No, I use, I use the Nikonos. Uh, okay. Or Nikonos. Yeah, I call it the Nikonos. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a 35 millimeter camera put out by Nikon, I think in the 70s. Jacques Cousteau, I believe, designed the original one, mm -hmm. sold the patent to Nikon. And I use a Nikon 2 mostly. It's all mechanical, mm -hmm. uh, no light meter or anything like that. And it's kind of compact. It's small, so it's easy to surf with. Is that what it looks like? Lot. The waves are good. But that's the <laughs> 5. Yeah, it's five. That's a nice one. Oh, right on. Yeah, you got one, John. Sweet. <clears throat> I really wanted the orange one, but I could only get a decent yeah. price on the green one, unfortunately. Why have yeah, you so got... that's the Nikonos 5. That's a really good camera. So the 2 and the 5 are my favorite. But the 5 is a little big if you want to surf with it as well. Yeah, it's beefy, it's isn't it? Smaller. Yeah, you knock your teeth out of that sucker. Yeah. Do you have any, any sort of waterproof covering on it, though, that you've made for your camera in case it fell in or is that that's it it is waterproof yeah. oh it's waterproof yeah, yeah 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 okay hey john yeah john pop out the lens sure so you mm. can change the lenses too no, they have o-rings in them ah. so the whole thing is waterproof yeah Fantastic. the entire camera you could i don't know 65 meters or so at least yeah. it's very timely go. actually we put a show out on them have a look ah we put yeah. a show out on Sunny 16 Presents this week uh, that Paul Friday talked about yeah, all the different yeah. cameras that he's used out diving and stuff. It's it's fascinating because there are so many different approaches depending on your budget and your dedication mm. to it um, from taking cameras out that have housings, uh, taking cameras out that are just plain waterproof. Um, I've got a couple of waterproof point and shoots. There's, um, you know, depending yeah. on how seriously and what you want to do. There's loads of different things. You can apparently take a Holger out in a plastic bag and know anything about that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a fun one I like to do. <laughs> I paddle out it in a Ziploc bag in my mouth, paddle out on the surfboard. And then, but the thing is, you got to pull it out of the bag when you take the picture because mm. it looks like a dog shit if you shoot it through the plastic bag, right? Yeah. So you got to take it out of the bag and try not to get wet or fall off your surfboard while you're snapping it out there. Mm. <laughs> but the whole, I've done that with the whole guys, fun. but I, I really love using the Nikonos. And mm -hmm. I just, I just bought a Nikon action touch. 
mm -hmm. which is a waterproof nikon mm. and i swam out double fisting with both to see I, the nikonos wins hands down yeah. the, the the lens on the nikonos is really nice really mm -hmm. sharp good for land i mean even on land I'm saying, like, i've, I've well, used this out of, out of water and it's absolutely fine isn't it it's a nice lens right john yeah yeah it's really good surprisingly because really. I, I thought underwater <laughs> lenses were corrected because of like how the light change I, I don't know the science behind it but the light refracts differently underwater doesn't it so they have to focus differently or something is that right well some of them some of those lenses say underwater lens um i'm not sure if it makes much much of a difference uh i i, I use them both you know because i primarily shoot them above water anyway i, mm -hmm. I shoot surfers <laughs> Only recently I've, I've been diving down more and taking pictures underwater, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can say that my um, big yellow brick, my Minolta Weathermatic <laughs> isn't great above water, but equally I'm not sure if it'd be great below water either. <laughs> However, my um, Canon Sure Shot, uh, I think it's the AF, whatever it is, anyway, the waterproof um, Canon Sure Shot that I've got is pretty great above ground. Above mm. ground, great above ground, terrible if you've been buried alive. Um, but uh, again, I, other than taking it in the bath, I haven't really had much chance to take out because I don't go surfing or anything like that because I'm uh, not a water baby. I, you I should do a kidding. podcast from the tub, Graham. I think everyone would love that, yeah. wouldn't they? No, everyone no. would love video show from the tub, John. Gone shaking head. Like, are you gonna Are you gonna wear a, like a full wetsuit while you're in the tub? That's, that's the only way. I'm gonna wear one of those Victorian bathing suits and the rubber ring. I think that would be the uh, look I would go for. That's what I normally wear to have a bath. So I mean, it seems only fitting that I would. Um, talking about darkroom stuff, uh, I think it's be a good time to maybe talk about the adventure that. John and I went on today because I think you'd appreciate this, Mike. Um, so we talked about this briefly last week. Uh, I bought at auction a large format enlarger. And today, John and I went up to Stoke-on-Trent, <laughs> met up with Simon Forster and Brian at the Six Towns Darkroom and picked, with almost back-breaking strain, it up. It was quite heavy. Um, it was a fun adventure, wasn't it, John? <laughs> it was a great day. I'd highly recommend it. To, if Graham ever suggests to you to go for a drive somewhere, go for it. Don't don't hesitate. Jump in the car. That doesn't sound like sarcasm at all. <laughs> if you ever feel like there's some swear words that you haven't heard yet, and you just want to double check on maybe a refresher course, then... Um, but yeah, it was cool. We got to see the Six Towns darkroom where uh, Simon and his friends set up there. That was a very cool darkroom um, and photography studio there and picked up the Micromat, uh, which micro seems quite misleading, I think, John. It's quite large, isn't it? Yeah, it's false advertising that. But it, it, mm -hmm. the fortunately... <laughs> the Megamat. Mega yes, thank mat. you, Claire. <laughs> uh, fortunately for you, I think you've actually got yourself a bit of a bargain there because it looks like it's in really mm. good condition and I think you're actually going to get some use out of it. There's a real danger of like, buying stuff like that on a whim, isn't there? And a bargain yes. base that it's not going to have all the parts there and it's going to cost you a fortune or it's just completely like, unusable for whatever reason. But I actually think you've, you've got yourself a bargain there. Yeah, I get the impression that this is obviously quite an old enlarger. Um, and the good thing about older stuff is that 
it tends to be well-made, but simpler. And the, the downside is that it also weighs a ton because they built everything out of cast iron and concrete. Um, but having got it home, it seems to fit in my shed without needing to take the roof off. Um, I've been assured by Simon that the light works. The only problem that I've got is that um, the electrics plug into an enlarger, um, an enlarger, an enlarger timer. Mm. And I've had a look and the plug that's on this enlarger that I've got does not match up with the timer that I've got. So going to have to get a new enlarger timer for that but that seems like a surmountable problem um i think you could probably just and wire a different plug onto it do i strike you as the sort of person who should be wiring anything to anything <laughs> ever how loud a bang do we want to have <laughs> do I mean, you know, we've got a trained fireman here. Are you prepared to come all the way over from Hawaii and put out the fire in my shed when I ignite the flex mic? <laughs> How quickly can you be here? No. No. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but, yeah, it seems good. I'm excited by it. It's, um, it's got the lenses and everything that I need to be able to do uh, four by five. And I think it's also got a frame in there for six by six and for... Um, 35 mil um although i can't see me doing much 35 mil in there just because it's quite low down but it's, yeah it, it looks bit, good it's unnecessary for 35 mil isn't it yes yeah exactly so um the next stage is going to be getting it bolted uh onto a table uh to mm. hold it upright um and then yes addressing the wiring situation i mean this is one of the, the downsides with using very old bits of electrical kit is that the wiring is never contemporary with anything. Um, and also it's it's got old fabric covered cables on it and stuff like that. Um, so I think at some point I might get an electrician just to look over it and maybe rewire it for me because it's sitting in the corner of a wooden shed. Um, this seems, <laughs> the words fire hazard seem really appropriate for it because <laughs> I'm guessing it draws quite a lot of power um, because it's got a big um, cold cathode. Mm. That's right. It's got a head on it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's going to throw a really awesome light down and make for really nice prints. But yeah, there's some bits on it that needs sorting out. Uh, but yeah, on the whole, it seems very clean. It's certainly the cheapest way uh, of getting a large format and larger. I mean, this thing cost me... I think including the auction fees, sixty-two pounds fifty, which what is what model is it? It's an MPP Micromat. Um, I think it's an old press room kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's it is a bit cumbersome, uh, <laughs> but I think it's very cool, and I, I'm excited to get up and working. I really am. And whilst it's not quite up and ready yet it'll give me a chance to give it a good clean oil the bits that need oily on it give it a bit of tlc um but it goes up and down uh the focusing thing focuses the stuff all slides in the lenses on it it's got two lenses with it which both seem to be in good condition so um so yeah all good all good random I mean, it must be old because i'm trying to find a picture of it <laughs> Yeah, Online. good luck. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> Only yeah, one it, was it ever made. Yeah, I think it probably dates back. What do you reckon, John? 50s? I've got no idea. Um, you got yeah, no idea. I've got no idea. 
I'm not even. I, gonna I'm guess. gonna guess probably around the fifties. Because as oh, I said, okay. it's got stuff for 35 mil, which makes me think, well, I mean, it could have been earlier mm-hmm. for 35 mil, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's probably from around there. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's a it's a uh, good, cheap way of getting a large format and larger. If Fantastic. That's excellent. Going to hassle. So I'm, I'm excited about that because, you know, large well format is fun. Um, how, how, but, how have, how's your luck been with developing large format? And like the images um i think i'm still at the point the only answer is i'm still at the point where when i get an image full stop i'm like woo i'm quite happy <laughs> um i am so far the only film stocks that i've shot large format are Fomapan. i think i think Fomapan 200 i don't think of i think i've only shot Fomapan 200 and some old expired uh kodak um orthochromatic film from the late 1980s mm-hmm. uh now obviously the stuff from the late 1980s it that's a bit of a crapshoot regardless because it's old film and you i don't have any yeah. technical details about when it should be um developed etc so but i mean i've had fun results and the fomapan um i've got okay results with that but i don't think i've really nailed it yet i think from listening to other people talking about it, um, Fomapan seems to be one of those film types that you really need to match it up well with a developer to get the best from it. I don't know. What do you tend to shoot, yeah. Mike? Uh, mostly Trix 400 or HP5. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't shoot much large format. I have all the year. Occasionally I go out. I just find medium format so much more convenient. And I have so so much better luck with medium format. Or not luck. I'm just, uh, it's, I always wind up messing up large formats. <laughs> um, I really do like the Ilford direct positive paper. So mm. when I do shoot large format, I tend to use that. Because yeah. I just love the way the depth in those and that they're individual prints mm-hmm. themselves. And so I'll put those in an eight by ten frame and they look great in there. You know, the four by five and that eight by ten frame just on a whiteboard. Really nice. I love that stuff, that mm-hmm. direct positive paper. Have you shot with that much, John? Uh not a lot. I always struggle with uh getting the exposure right on them. But when you get it, it's it's a beautiful thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's difficult to nail it, but when you do, it's awesome. It looks yeah. so good. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like it means that you don't like you're not going through the whole. Oh, I've got to develop it, and then I've got to try and create an amazing print from it. So it's, like, it's just there straight away, isn't it? Yeah, no messing around. Yeah. I've got a print done. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Because we were talking about large format today, because you're, as we mentioned last week, you're in the middle of this project, John, for the Coventry City of Culture stuff. Um, so you're in the middle of large format things. You I basically stole a couple of lenses <laughs> from me today. <laughs> um, and, and what are you shooting that on? Um, I'm shooting on Delta 100 and FP4. Um, and I've got some FOMA. 400 as well but i was saying to you earlier I've, i struggle with that but I th- like you're saying i think it's down to the developer so i use id 11 and i just don't think it c- 
copes very well with a fame that doesn't react John, very well with that. Yeah. Do you shoot a lot of FP4? Yeah. Yeah. Like mainly 35 mil. I don't, I've kind of gone off medium format a bit at the moment, but um, yeah, 35 mil. I shoot, shoot a lot of FP4. So I've never shot it before. And uh, I just ordered 100 feet in 35 millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never shot it. Uh, so I'm just dipping my toe in with 100 feet of it. Right. Well, um, the price point is really good. It's what sold yeah. me on it. And, and looking at images online, you know, I just did a little bit of research because I normally shoot triads um, in medium format. But mm -hmm. for all my water stuff, you know, it's their 35 millimeter cameras. That's really yeah. the only time I shoot 35 millimeters when I go out in the water. The triads mm -hmm. are just so damn expensive. Now, 100 feet was like $130. And I saw FP4. I found it for 75 bucks. Mm, that's good. Yeah. On the film photography project website. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to order a few cans of this. And uh, I've never shot it before. And I was kind of like trying to find images that were developed in D76, stock D76, because yeah. that's what I use yeah. uh, at the darkroom. And they all look pretty good. So I'm really excited to try it out. So I use ID11, which is the same as D76 for FP4. And I pushed that to 800 in id11 and a, like it's really contrasty but it's nice the, like, the only reason like for the water stuff the only thing like, i don't think i've ever shot fp4 in the water because it's normally too miserable in the uk so i need a faster film but you'll <laughs> you'll be all right in hawaii won't you <laughs> yeah i'm really excited to try it out i look forward the, um, to seeing the results yeah fp4 is a great mm. film it's weird. is that one you use much claire no, no. Um, is it too cheap for you? Because I know you've been looking to spend £100 on the roll of Aerochrome today. Is FP4 just too bargain basement yeah. for you? No. Um, I t well, I, when I shoot 35mm, I tend to use um, Kodak. I love Kodak, so I tend to use Kodak, Kodak Gold, Kodak Color Plus. But, um, I, I um, yeah, I really would like to have um, some Kodak Aerochrome film. Which of course it doesn't. It's not produced anymore, and it's really expensive. So I've seen John's laughing. I've seen some in um, Russia. So I, I messaged our. Um, I messaged today to say, "What's your advice here? Do you think I should go for a, <laughs> go for a role? It's like super expensive." What do you but think, I, Mike? I, I, oh I, yeah. I, I love the result. I love the. I love the. You know the the results you can get. <laughs> do, so Mike, you shot this Mike, heavy, Mike. Do you, do you He's, think Claire should spend a hundred hundred pounds on one roll? Of well, I was fortunate. I was gifted that roll by him. Oh. He gave me a couple of rolls to shoot, so oh. to try it out. I had sent him some some stuff, and he sent me a couple of rolls, and I think it's wonderful. It's beautiful stuff. Mm. Uh, I don't have the money to spend hundred dollars on a roll of film. So. I don't, but, I but that's all relative. <laughs> you know, if you got the cash to burn, go right yeah. ahead. I don't, yeah, do I don't, it. That's the thing. But I was just oh. like, oh. But <laughs> what What was the success rate from your role then that you shot? Um, you know, how many images did you get that you were you were happy with from one role? Because Graham was well, saying you were reckoning. You know what I did? Even though I had one role, I bracketed it. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I figured if I'm going to shoot it, I'm going to mm. get at least, I'm going to take my time composing what I want to yeah. I'm going to bracket the images and I'll know at least I'll get 
three or four really good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's three or four, Claire. That's only have... that's only thirty pounds a shot. <laughs> you should do that. You should definitely do it's that. It's a beautiful film. I'm just sort of in love with that with with the with the film stock, you know. But yeah, yeah. It, do you think it will ever come stuff. back? Do you think it will ever come back? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I think it's quite. I think it's quite tricky and of limited demand. Um, uh, sadly, but I mean, it, it's also again you shot it, Mike. I mean, can you talk a bit about? the process of shooting it and what you have to think about and look for when you are shooting it, because it, it isn't just like loading up any other role of film, is it? The time of day that you're shooting at, the, um, I think even the time of year, something like, because you're dealing with eye, infrared light, yeah. um, these things, you, you can't see the light that you're working with. So you have to make some assumptions based on when infrared light's supposed to be good and bad, like time of day, all that stuff. Do you have any advice or did you just go out there and wing it? I just winged it. Uh, I kept the sun <laughs> behind me mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. anything I shot. I didn't want to shoot into the sun. So I shot whatever was lit by the sun and it was a sunny day. There were, I don't think there were many clouds in the sky when I shot it. I shot it around noon. Uh, and I just used the orange filter, held it in front of my camera and metered for that and bracketed, you know, one stop under one, what was recommended and then one above just to make sure. And seemed, I think I did get the best results from the uh, correct exposure, whatever the meter Mm -hmm. read through the filter that I was using. I think those are what, what actually turned out the best. Mm. Thanks Mike. Mm. Did you some, have to I, watch what camera you used with it as well? Are you supposed I, to? I shot it in the Minolta autocord. Okay, okay. Yeah, mm. yeah, you, you're right, Claire. I think the thing you were going to mention is that um, some of the more modern cameras, if they've got a little LED in there for yeah. whatever it is, they have a little LED inside for it can fog the film. I can't remember what it's for. Oh. It's for frame counting or stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think you do have to be careful with that. Um, and um, there was another thought that I had that has absolutely exited <laughs> my head. So it must have been a really, a really good one. Um, YOLO, uh, Claire. Sorry? It's a hu- don't oh, encourage oh, these. Don't. Man. Who's, who's yeah, invited him on? Was, I know. I thought to myself, well, I've been in, you know, we've been locked down for ages, haven't been anywhere. So. <laughs> don't What's do one role, right? Of- I I actually think if you've got a speci- <laughs> if you've got a specific project and an image in mind that you mm. know you can make a return on by selling prints or something or it's for an exhibition mm. that you're putting funding towards for whatever reason mm. you can justify that cost yeah. as long as you know and, you're getting that one shot you know as, and as to be fair to Claire let's face it we all primarily know you for your work shooting leaves and trees and stuff that's what when I think of your work <laughs> I think oh yeah greenery that's what Claire's going out there and shooting oh wait no it's not it's not at all yeah. but it could be and it but nice <laughs> <laughs> no I love it I, I love it and those images that we just saw of yours Mike were really really nice with the uh one with the water was it like a waterfall coming down on one it's a waterfall. Yeah, waterfall, really. Another yeah, was just a line of palm trees. For listeners, um, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And the colours that you've you've captured, you've got those reds, um, those kind of deep reds that I think 
you know, but is, is it 30, 30 pounds worth of beautiful? Yeah, it's 30 pounds. Worth of beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's another thing. When I, I sent it out to the lab to get it developed um, and got standard scans back. But when the negatives came back, I scanned them on my scanner and I scanned them huge. Yeah. Like gigantic. So if I want to print them out, I have these nice big scans that I can Lovely. make big prints. Lovely. So that's just a, I don't know if you develop your film or if you send it all to the lab, but yeah, I've another possibility. Yeah, would you have to give if it went to a lab? Would you have yes. to pre-warn yeah. them? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, this is, yeah. What is what is the development? Is it C forty one, or is it something E six? E six. It's E six. Yeah. So you yeah. do you, you end up with a slide? Do you end up with a positive image? Yes, and the slide is gorgeous. Oh, oh my god! Okay, I put that's... the slides on a light table. They were gorgeous. Mm. What what's is it medium format, Claire? The role that you're looking at um the role that i'm looking at no is uh 35 mil okay the role well, I'm looking see at. if it was medium format i'd be quite tempted because to have mm. a slide a positive slide mm. like that that's that is beautiful you could sell that you know you just sell the original negative or that positive <laughs> <even>. <laughs> and i mean you know all right we are looking at these beautiful pictures that mike's made in lovely tropical it's hawaii i'm pretty sure that anglesey's light is much the same we do call anglesey <laughs> the hawaii of the uk <laughs> i think i think the permanent overcast look is definitely not going in any way you can you can laugh but honestly on 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 a really lovely sunny day when we do have sun oh, i remember I that day like that I was 2017 wasn't it i could feel like i could i could be on the equivalent of a greek island you know it kind of comes to comes to light so i'm sure we would get um a really you know sunny day and we've got we've got all the all the scenery like I, I, my brain's already kind of thought mm, i could take it here i could take it there but um i mean that is just lovely how long ago was that did you how long ago was that taken mike a couple of years ago I yeah think. yeah it might be it's worth claire doing some reading up on yeah. because like different um different plants will emit different um ir stuff so um i don't know what the kind of the woodlands and forests are made up around there but it might be worth looking into because you may find that the stuff you've got around is great for that or it might be terrible um and if the stuff you've got just isn't emitting a lot of uh, emitting or reflecting a lot of ir stuff mm. then you're just going to get kind of nothing back from it have you tried um and actually I'm, i know you have but some people get some pretty good results using the um lomochrome purple I've that got, similar ish yeah, results i've got that and i think they kind of i think it was kind of more i think it was influenced wasn't it by that film but it's yeah. shades isn't it so it's more you know you get the, the the lilac hues or the the purple hues but i i like the reds that you get with the the aerochrome film it mm. is stunning it's one of those things though i think it's a conversation aerochrome is a, a really good example of this a hundred pounds for a 35 millimeter roll yeah. for a film that in this case let's assume that the film is good but it's a technically very difficult film to get right and even and it's not even just about the technical difficulty it's also just you need luck because you can't see whether or not you're doing stuff right so mm. that makes that difficult but then you've got other things like the polaroid pack film which is getting 
bonkers expensive yeah. uh, and there's also a bit of a lottery because some of that has been around for longer and longer mm. you could spend a hundred dollars for a pack of pack film and it not yeah. be good stuff yeah where do you draw the line i mean for, for you claire uh, i mean or is the aerochrome thing is there anything that you are prepared to pay drastically over the odds to get hold of or have paid drastically over the odds to get hold of um oh i i love um what you call it time zero film mm -hmm. and um i remember oh i'm going back now seven years or something and um i bought some time zero and i can't even remember how much i paid a lot and i think i got like one shot from it you know mm. degraded and I, I just thought well i've done you know you can't I've done it now so i wouldn't get it again and I, I always live in hope that time zero will or an equivalent of time zero will come back but yeah, yeah but um yeah it's just yeah i think you're talking me into it you know <laughs> wow well put it this way <laughs> you've always wanted to shoot it yeah you've never shot it you probably won't shoot it unless you do it now exactly right? yeah do it once yeah yeah come into summer do it once get one roll shoot one roll yeah yeah. It could be amazing. That's what I it say. could be amazing. Yeah, that's what you say. All right. Okay, so Mike, same question to you. Like you said that you wouldn't spend a hundred dollars on this. It's too rich for your blood. But is there anything that you would play? Is there a film type that you would go, okay, actually I love this so much and it's no longer available. I will pay a dumb price for it if I see it. You know, it would depend, like what John said, if it's a for a project yeah. or something mm -hmm. like that, and I have a vision that I want to achieve, and maybe I'll be making prints or a book or whatever, then yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. But just to pick it up to rando, shoot it, I don't think so. You know, yeah. Well, I just bought a Pentax 6.7 again. Mm -hmm. and again? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was actually on the uh, negative positive podcast uh, mm -hmm. like a those, week or two ago <laughs> and we were talking about cameras that you purchased in the past have sold only to buy again later and i've mm -hmm. probably done it a, a dozen times and <laughs> pentax 67 is now on that list as well because i just bought another one <laughs> and but i was it was really cool because it's a local guy here mm -hmm. and he let me see the camera and it was in beautiful, almost mint condition. Really nice. He was a photographer here for a long time. So he sold me the 105 2.8 lens with it, I think, and then a 45 millimeter lens with it. Mm -hmm. And when I got it, the, it was only exposing half the frames. And he said, oh, you know what? I'll pay for the CLA. So I sent it off to this Pentax guy, and he's fixing it now. And so now I'm going to have a Pentax that has a CLA freshly repaired. It's like, it's going to be a joy. And the guy gave me a huge bag of Provia 100F. Oh, nice. And like, I think he, there was 10 five pack boxes in there that he gave oh. me. So <laughs> that definitely sweetened the deal. He's like, here's some film if you want it. I don't know. I, it's been in the freezer for like 10 years, but I don't know if it's any good, but you can have <laughs> nah, it. I was like, okay, right. thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. Sure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just sell that and pay for the camera. Jeez Louise. Yeah, right. Um, no, that's, well, that's no, I'm gonna shoot it all because that's yeah. it's basically all I shoot for color is slide film. So 
film. It's lovely. Oh, it's yeah, really yeah. lovely film. Yeah. Um, I think that thing of, as you said, and, and you as well, John, like if you've got something very particular in mind that you know what you want to do and you're going and you're doing it with a purpose, that makes, that I think makes sense. But it's the only so time. The reason, the reason I bought this camera is because just of this trip coming up with my family. Right? Mm -hmm. I have, I have my Minolta Autocord, which is, I, which I love, but I wanted something more for, I don't know, landscape, something with a wide lens and, mm -hmm. uh, I think the Pentax 6.7 with that 45 millimeter and then having the 105 for portraits and stuff is yeah. the perfect camera for the trip. Because I don't want to overload myself with gear. So I'm basically just going to bring those two in a bunch of medium format I, films, shoot everything in medium format. I'm the same. Like I've got a Mamiya 7 and I'm like, I keep toying with selling it because the prices for those have gone don't astronomical. Do it, yeah. But I don't know, do it. yeah, that's the thing. I know at some point I'll be like, oh, damn, that's the perfect camera for this situation. Mm -hmm. And I want to buy it back yeah. again. So it's so I, mm -hmm. I just, I, I can't sell it, no matter what. Like, I want one, John, so maybe you could loan it to me. And then... <laughs> 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 what have you got in return? You can get that roll of um, aerochrome. I'll, then, I'll shoot yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, you can borrow it anytime, Claire. It's fine. Oh... Uh, so, John, is there anything you would pay over the odds for films stock-wise? I can't imagine uh, there is. I, uh, I, 8x10 Polaroid, I'd love to try that. Yeah, um, and, and yeah. I'd also like to try wet plate. You know, like I've got a couple of, for both of those, just thinking about taking portraits with them. Um, but mm -hmm. I want to uh, get better at taking portraits before I'd ever commit to using them. But as a medium, I, I think they both suit portraiture. Yeah, like perfectly. Yeah. So, but yeah, so expensive to even like consider starting those. So, yeah. once you get to eight by ten, it's crazy, right? Once yeah. you get to those larger format, just the film holders alone. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted, I, I love that direct positive paper so much. I wanted to shoot it in eight by ten, and just looking at the prices of, because I think. How cool would it be to have portraits or whatever mm. done on that direct positive mm. stuff if you get it right or landscape even? It's just the cost of the cameras and the lenses and the film mm. holders and then the paper itself, you know, and the film prices is just yeah. yeah. It's out of my range for how much I shoot and all the other stuff that I do with photography. So it really is just all all up to what your objectives are and how what you normally do, right? And your finances. Yeah. I yeah. mean, because shit, that could be just pocket change to somebody, you know. Like, oh, like Claire. $100 a roll, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chicken feed. Um, I think that is the other uh, thing, though, isn't it? Like, it's, it's probably to spend, uh, to spend big on something that you've, mm. that you're experimenting with, that feels risky to me. Again, and, you know, if money's not an issue to you, then fine, do whatever, you know, get, get on with life and go for it. But, to try something that you've not ever used before at, mm -hmm. for the first time expensively because no matter how that breaks quid, Graham. come on come on what's 100 quid it's not at the I bar. could buy I could buy nearly two enlargers for that <laughs> so that's what 100 quid is but but what I mean is like um if it goes badly you don't have enough time to really figure out why it's gone badly. You've got one role was the problem the role was mm -hmm. it you was it the light you just don't know mm -hmm. and you've got no follow up with it 
and if, if you it, buy and, more and, than and, one though they get cheaper and cheaper it's one of those things buy how one, much cheaper buy... do they get claire how <laughs> much cheaper four. buy yeah. four and they come down to only 80 pounds a roll <laughs> yeah something like that but that's the worst thing like imagine you buy a roll of this stuff claire imagine you buy a roll for 100 pounds mm. and you shoot it and it's the best thing ever mm. and that's it now every roll of film you buy is going to cost you a hundred pounds. <laughs> what do you do then, Claire? I don't know. Have to be very specific. You I live in kidney. hope. I live in hope that right now there's someone living on Anglesey or in North Wales, and they've got a secret stash of Kodak Aerochrome <laughs> film, <laughs> and I'll just happen to come across them. May as well. Yeah, Seems like a good thing. Seems like a good thing to do. I'd love to do the Polaroid 8x10 as well, John. We should maybe think about because it's the whole buying the processors and everything, isn't it? What costs the money? Do maybe you, we should. Do you know anybody that's got the process, uh, like together. an actual processor? Do I know? Yeah, do yeah, you know no, anybody that owns people. a processor? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In this country, not in this country, I'm afraid. <laughs> Remember to ask the follow-up question, John. This is Claire we're talking to. <laughs> you're, you're, you're clearly not on the right wavelength, John. Um, um, it would be very cool. But again, I think, I, personally, I would suffer with such paralysis with something like Polaroid 8x10, just knowing that if you if you mess up a shot, if you make a mistake, which when you're shooting any large format, you're only one small brain fart away from just a simple mistake that wrecks a frame and normally that frame is going to cost you a few pounds mm. but if you've just trashed i mean how much does it cost you a single frame of eight by ten polaroid 50 quid no it's more than that it's 150 pounds isn't it a pack for is it eight ten shots is it ten shots or eight i bet shots? it's not ten it's probably <laughs> i think eight, it's eight it? eight shots okay so 25 odd, mm. i'm bad at maths but a lot a shot <laughs> mm. yeah i wouldn't that would that would stop me from taking pictures. It just would. Um, but, but Graham, you're buying motorbikes every other week on eBay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Everyone loves it. Mike, Mike you, you've got my back here, right? Motorbikes are a sensible thing <laughs> to put money on. I was holding twelve thousand dollars in cash in my hand. They're just little pieces of paper, right? And that other thing was a Harley Davidson. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's Take way cooler than these little pieces of paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely see mike understands that when you're when you're spending money on motorbikes that's an investment claire that's a, <laughs> that's a financially shrewd thing that you're doing with your money and like uh, cameras one is never enough mm. three might be too many according to Sinead. three might be technically <laughs> too many so i need to work on that um before we get out of here uh, i just want to very quickly um uh, where's i put it? oh here it is um i need to mention this because much like Mr. Gutterman uh, on the Negative Positive Podcast and, of course, Andre, I'm now basically too good for you people because uh, I, I have a Leica. Oh, awesome. I, I am now he's, a Leica. He's showing man. off now. He's showing yeah, off. Yeah, I am showing off. Um, <laughs> this beautiful Leica, this is a Leica 2, um, and it's beautiful, and I absolutely love it. And it was a gift from the wonderful Rachel. It was a mm. birthday gift from the wonderful Rachel. I have, um, in true Leica enthusiast, uh, horror-inducing style besmirched it because the lens that's currently on here is a Jupiter 3. Uh, no, not Jupiter 3, Jupiter 8 lens, um, a Russian Jupiter 8 lens, um, because I don't have any Leica lenses for it. I'm not quite that posh yet. 
Um, but yeah, I have this. So I, this is absolutely gorgeous. I've never used one of the Barnack Leicas. It's great. Um, you can hopefully see. So you have a, a two viewfinders. You have one viewfinder for focusing, uh, and then another viewfinder for actually framing your shot with. Um, very much like my uh, Zeiss Super Iconta, my old folding camera. Um, it's really lovely. Again, I also I, I love this because it's the perfect Leica for me in the it would definitely horrify like a purist. Um, it's got a little bit of blue tack uh, on the flash mount for some. Oh, yeah, I don't know quite what the blue tack's there for, but it's got a bit of blue tack wedged in there, which I am a huge fan of. And it's had a um, PC sync port mm. just whammed right into the engraving on the top of it in the, in the, the best style. And and that brings me so much joy knowing that it would bring some people so much horror. Um, <laughs> I I watched a couple of videos. So I, like I, said, I got this last week. I, actually, Rachel gave it to me wrapped up um, several weeks ago when I uh, did the wedding shoot for her with Hamish. She said, oh, you know, here's your birthday gift slash thank you for doing this wedding thing. I said, oh, thanks very much. I'm going to save it. And um, I actually opened up when I was talking to her on the phone. She was saying happy birthday. Very Too short. It was a very short rendition of happy birthday. But. You know, it's the thought that counts. Anyway, and I was completely bowled over, as you can imagine. Um, but later that day, because I wanted to get filming it straight away, I thought I'm going to watch some videos because I know you have to be a bit careful loading these old style Barnack um, rangefinders because of the way that the shutter works. It can catch on the film if you just use it with the ordinary leader on a roll of film. So I watched some videos and it just happened. I just went on YouTube, Googled it. And like the two videos that I watched, both of which had many views, the people who were clearly shooting with these rangefinders and were using them actively were like, we're sat here at a thing. Here's how we do it. Um, you need to make this longer leader. So we'll just bite it at the end here and carefully tear it back and make a thing. And... <laughs> And there were just people losing their mind in the comments going, that's not the way you do it. You have a, there's a proper thing and you cut it. And it's like, it's like <laughs> I mean, they seem to be just fine doing it the way they do. So um, that's very exciting. So um, I haven't yet tried eating my way through a roll of film to fit it on there. I did cut it, but not very well, but it seems fine. Mm. It seems fine. So yes, very excited about that. And um Simon, who we saw today, has lent me a couple of very nice fancy lenses to um, try out with it. A Canon P lens, Canon P 50mm 1.4 lens, which I'm looking forward to trying. And the Jupiter. What number Jupiter was it, John? Do you remember? That might have been the Jupiter 3 or it might have been the Jupiter 11. It's 3. Let's say 3. <laughs> Pick a number between 0 and 150 and it was that <laughs> Jupiter. Thank you, Jupiter. So that was very nice. That's very cool. Mm. It was very nice. Yeah. So that was very cool. So um, yes. Oops, I've just moved out of the frame. I just got to see a picture of my cats very quickly. You're going to be um, in the expensive shots challenge now, Graham, aren't you? You can't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> None of this cheap rubbish for me anymore. I'm too good for that now. I, I'm just yeah. I, like I said, you're lucky. I'm talking to you, people. You non-like owners. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty pretty awesome birthday surprise that was. Mm. So uh, talking uh, about your birthday as well, uh, some of our wonderful listeners have sent some messages in for you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> have you got wind right. of this? So at the start no. of last week's episode, I snuck in a special request for people to send right. some messages <laughs> your face. Okay. <laughs> so I've got, a little, uh, I've got a little video to play now. I think it's about 10 minutes long <laughs> messages. <laughs> And some nice, oh, lovely gross. little uh, video footage as well. So, uh, 
Here we go, are you ready? <laughs> no! Happy birthday, Graham. John said we should send some sort of recording in to congratulate you for your birthday. So that's what I'm doing. And I know you said that you like to always see where people are and what they're doing, what they're working on. It, uh, I'm sure, is very lonely sitting in front of your microphone there and not getting to see all of us. So here I am, and I will take you on a little tour around my workspace, what is uh, pho photographically relevant, and uh, just kind of show you around. All right, so this is my <laughs> office guest room photography space. So I've got my cameras on display over my computer here. I just put in these cabinets, which look nice. That little camera in the middle is my Beltica. Mm. That's my Cheap Shots camera. That's definitely your fault. Down on the right, you'll see the Zorky 4. That's also <laughs> definitely your fault. And here over on the right, that's all my digital equipment. And some old classic lenses. I guess you can blame Simon Forster and those guys for that, but... Uh, well, I heard about the Classic Lenses podcast on Sunday 16 as well, so that's also your fault. Uh, some backpacks, my negative folders, and then we're going to swing around here. And this is my little magnet board where I put all my prints. They kind of live there and uh, get swapped around as things are more or less current. This is actually my jewelry workbench, but I haven't used it for jewelry in ages. I put all my developing trays there when I'm using it as a darkroom. That is my copy stand. My camera goes on there. And then I put my little LED pad on the counter and digitize my photos that way. There's my red light for when I am in darkroom mode. And I just put up some uh, black blackout material on that black Velcro there and have a nice little dark room. There's my enlarger and all the stuff that I need for that. And then down below I've got all my chemicals and in the shoebox there are my developing tanks for when I'm developing film. Some tripods, my flashes, a background system. Yeah, there's some cases for my camera gear. The Hasselblad goes in the top one. The Pintex 6x7 six, uh, six goes in the lower one. Yeah, and just a sofa for guests or when people are around. So I hope you enjoyed getting to see where I spend my photographic time. You may have noticed that I said that it's your fault a few times during that tour. Like with the Cheap Shots camera, and with the Zorky camera, and I should have said it when I was mentioning the developing film at home gear, and maybe also my camera scanning, and listening to other podcasts like... Uh, uh, the Negative Positives podcast or the Classic Lenses podcast. Those are both uh, great shows that I heard about from listening to the Sunny 16. So I guess you're guilty by association of getting me hooked on them. And um, I was really lucky to start my photo photographic journey as well as my analog photographic journey about at the same time. And it almost coincided with when you guys started Sunny 16. So I've been listening since the beginning and have just been kind of following along with you the whole time. And uh, the show's been inspiring or helpful for a lot of things. It's really kept me company on the way. And I just want to thank you for all the work and time you put into that. I know it must be quite a lot of behind the scenes as well as your actual presence on the show. 
And so there are lots of people like me who are listening to you every week. Look forward to hearing your sunny disposition whenever you're around. And uh, I think the whole photographic community is much better off for having you and the team at Sunny16 uh, in our lives. So if I was a bit uh, more drunk, I would get into the drunk I love you man speech right now, but it's still (laughs) early today and uh, we'll have to save that for another time. Hope you have a fantastic birthday. Keep up the great work. Enjoy playing with your new light panels and uh, just keep being the sunny guy that you are. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Mike Gutterman from the Negative Positives Podcast, and I wanted to, like, you know, uh, being a, a musician, you know, a world-famous musician, I, <laughs> I I wanted to, like, write a Graham a birthday song for his birthday, and, uh, you know, I started to write, like, one of my pretty little melodies with a little delay and some reverb and some atmospheric stuff, but I thought, you know what, Graham's kind of abrasive, and uh, I wanted to write something a, a little harder, because as you get older, uh, that uh, harder is something that you struggle with at times. So uh, here you go, Graham. Here's a little ditty for you. Uh, happy birthday, brother. Well, hello, governor. It's Graham's birthday. A happy birthday. Everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. This is Aaron Alfano wishing you a happy birthday. I'm a longtime listener to the show. Really appreciate all the hard work you put into it. You do a great job. So uh, thanks. And again, wishing you a happy birthday with lots of good friends, good food, and good light. Best wishes, buddy. Hi, Graham. Ian Wallace here wishing you a very happy birthday and hope you have lots of fun with those new lights. Happy bearded birthday to Graham from Chicago. The Sunny 16 podcast is always a bright spot to my day. Sending my best wishes and sunny weather to the whole crew. I hope you all acquire your dream camera, lens and or gear very soon. Cheers, Gary. Hey, I uh, just wanted to say happy birthday to Graham. Uh, This is Graham Young from the Homemade Camera Podcast and... I figured since it's your birthday, we could, you know, like bury the hatchet and uh, tomorrow you can become my nemesis once again. But for today, I wish you very happy birthday tidings. Your, uh, I, I hope your birthday cake was yummy. Um, somebody spanked you. All of those good things. Hello, Graham. Billy Sanford here calling in to wish you a very happy birthday. As serendipity would have it, this week also marks the one-year anniversary of me listening to the show. I believe that first show was one of the backing paper episodes when you used to have your crack researchers investigate random facts about the coffee donors. 
So that helped kick off a year of me learning more and more about this film community and all of the lovely people in it and making new virtual friends around the world. So along those lines, I just wanted to thank you for being such a fun and enthusiastic ambassador for film. I should also say that on an image you shared not long ago from your dark shed, I thought I saw the sticker I sent you on the side of your film refrigerator. And I thought, oh look, Graham's got the sticker up. And then I thought, you know, I'm not sure Graham eats meat. Hopefully that wasn't inappropriate. Uh, for the listeners, I live near Birmingham, Alabama in the States. And here locally, we shorten the name of the city to Beeham. And these stickers have the letter B and a picture of ham on them. So allow me to take the opportunity, just in case, to say no offense intended. Seriously, though, I really do appreciate all you've done and continue to do for the show and the community. I hope that you and Sinead and Will and your boys and your cats and your motorbikes and your cameras are all well. And hope that you had a really special birthday. Take care. There once was a gardener who made podcasts for me and you. Of cameras and light and photos by night, his selfies are all topless too. Graham from Sunny16 is always so terribly keen to break jolly looks and read photo books, but still hasn't made his own zine. They were an ode to Graham, written by Dave Walker for Radio 4 Poet Corner. <laughs> Pumbleth, happy Graham, happy birthday. Hope that you're having a nice day. <laughs> Hello, mate. Happy birthday. I hope you've had a really good day and got some great presents and stuff like that that you can enjoy things that things that you probably shouldn't break, perhaps. Uh, but that's all good. Um, I look forward to hearing all about it and talking to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Happy birthday, Graham. We're here at Ilford. You can probably tell. <laughs> Happy birthday, old man. Hopefully you're not cutting off anyone's fingers with your shears. Scary stuff. Yeah, we thought it would be the ideal place to send you a little birthday message and hope you've had a boss day from up north. So, uh, yeah, hope it's been well. See you soon, hopefully. Bring some of those nice cookies. Oh, yeah, we need to get Sinead to make some more uh, millionaire shortbread. You're not allowed on to bring them. <laughs> Graham, it's Jeff and Gabe from I Dream of Cameras. <laughs> happy, happy, happy birthday. Happy it's birthday. very exciting. It's an amazing day. We're so grateful for you. Yes, very, very, very thankful. And just so you know how much of an impact you have on our lives, and especially my life, I have traded every single camera that I own for a Zorky. So no more Leicas, <laughs> nice. no more Nikons, no more Rolleiflex, no more anything. These are borrowed cameras behind me, just the last three left. But uh, you've inspired me to get into Russian cameras, and I think that the Zorky is the one to start with. So I thank you for that inspiration. Um, <clears throat> I haven't received it yet, but uh, the person I've never met in Russia assures me it'll be here this year. So I'm very <laughs> excited. And in honor of your birthday, I have started a clean slate and I will be uh, Zorkified. Thanks to you. There you go. And uh, as for me, I think you know that I'm a bit of a songsmith. That's probably what I'm best known for, as a matter of fact, in my Definitely. career in the entertainment industry. And so to honor you, I gave a great deal of thought as to what sentiment we really wanted to express because you gave us life. Our podcast exists because of you. You are in our hearts. And so this is a very heartfelt statement to you about our feelings. Here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
Why are you shirtless, shirtless? Please don't be shirtless, shirtless. God help us, shirtless, shirtless, shirtless. Why are you shirtless, shirtless? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Put something on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Graham. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm, what does one say after that? Um, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. That was, oh boy, that was something. <laughs> thank you, everybody. <laughs> that was amazing. I'd like to sing for you, Graham. God, oh God, you're a, yes. go, go for right, it. Ready? Here we go, here we go. Hold on, we're going big. This is your birthday song. It is not very long. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you. That was beautiful. Um, that was that was incredibly sweet. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, even thank you, Mike Gutterman, for that. Oh, that beautiful song. I mean, wow, wow. <laughs> the first time um, I heard that, I thought, this this is like being inside your head, isn't it? Just... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you've been in the car today with the music I've been listening yeah. to. You got a pretty good idea. Um, yeah, I I can't believe we're coming up on like Jesus. Actually, we're a month away from it being five years of doing this now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that was the nicest thing. That was just lovely. Thank you so much, everybody, for taking the time to do that. And thank you, John. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> you got a bit. This is your life at one point, didn't it? I it like, did. I feel like I feel like I might be dead, and nobody's told yeah. me. <laughs> this is your last ever show. It's over. <laughs> oh, by the way, you're fired. Yeah. Um, well, mm. that was amazing. Thank you so much, everybody, for taking the time to do that. Uh, that's that was wonderful. <laughs> that was very wonderful. Oh, can we can we get out of here now? Because that's we all quite awkward. Yeah. As a true British person, I, that I feel quite um oh awkward about all that. <laughs> At least I've got to see me looking awkward yeah. for the last ten minutes. Uh, okay. Um, anything that I need to let people know about uh, Mike? Oh, let's. Where can people Mike's. follow you? Mm. I'm on the Instagram at Aloha underscore Big Mike. Aloha underscore Big Mike, an excellent follow. Mike's personal work mm. is absolutely stunning. Uh, you should go and there see it. Go. Oh, it is. It's beautiful. Your work is beautiful, Mike. And as somebody who is lucky enough to own a few of your prints, your printing is also amazing, which Instagram will never truly do justice to, but you just have to take my word for it. Yeah. It's great. And you can always just go across to Hawaii and go and visit Mike at the Hawaii Darkroom and do some printing with you, right? That's very true. You know, I meet a lot of people, travelers who come by and stop by and they just pop in for the day and develop film. And I don't even charge people money, to tell you the truth. So... <laughs> You're a great businessman, uh, Mike. <laughs> I think yeah, I would completely fail. So the dark room is just, we got a couple members and together we pitch in and we're able to cover the rent and that's all I give a shit about, right? Mm. And I, I don't care about making a penny from it. That's not the objective. So if people are traveling, absolutely. Stop by. Develop your film. Make some prints. It'll be good fun. Have some beers. 
Have some that beers. Been field trip to Hawaii, I think. A field trip to Hawaii. <laughs> we can do it as we, as we after we've visited um, Jeff and Gabe. We can yeah, swing definitely. by Hawaii. Yeah. Um, it's going to be quite an expensive field trip, but still, you know, it's worth it. And um, we'll put the link in the show notes for the link to the blurb, so people can go and see and buy the fantastic um, zine uh, because it's it looks beautiful. It's absolutely worth going mm. and checking it out and picking up a copy from Blurb. And like I said, who knows? There may or may not be a discount on there as you listen to this. We'll put the, <laughs> what is it? Team twenty five. Yeah, capital letters team and the number two five. Team two five, lovely stuff. And uh, Claire, is there anything that you want to let people know about this week? No, but I was just thinking when Billy um, Sanford, who's got hasn't he got a lovely radio voice? Um, <laughs> he has got um, a lovely radio it, voice. I, I, it's, it's actually my one year anniversary as well of um, yeah being with you. Yeah, I hope I haven't lowered the tone, but <laughs> well, no, you've <laughs> raised the tone. Right? Yeah, the complete opposite, it's, Claire. It's gone, it's gone quickly, hasn't it? A year. Mm. It really has. The year has <laughs> flown by. Which, given the year that it's been. Maybe we should be grateful yeah. for that. Yeah. And John, anything you would like to let people know about? No, I'm done. You're done. You've had a lovely <laughs> day with me. That's all you day. want to let people know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, thank you so much. Um, clearly, the fact that Rachel was getting in touch with us from Ilford, a message from Ilford, yeah. I guess that means we can mm. maybe look forward well, to some more is. stuff coming from Ilford yeah. soon. Yeah. I think she's let the cat out of some bags there mm -hmm. with that disreputable Matt Parry from Ilford. Wearing his mask, which is a good look for Matt. Anything that covers his face has got to be a win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Matt. Um, uh, we will be back with you again next week uh, uh, on Sony 16 Presents. As I mentioned earlier, we've had a show just go out about shooting underwater, which came up mm. on today's show. Um, Paul Friday talking about his experiences and the cameras he's used and stuff like that. And also, as you listen to that, we'll have had the most recent episode of I Dream of Cameras with yeah. the fabulous uh, Jeff and Gabe on there. Um, I don't know whether they'll sing the shirtless song in there or whether that was a real once-off thing. Let's maybe hope that's a real once-off thing. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, and for those of you listening, just know that you avoided a real, a, a real horror, horrifying moment on the video stream. <laughs> Thank you, John, for your production <laughs> efforts, I think. Pleasure. We will play you out, as always, with the fabulous Rachel and her band Roja, uh, whose music you can find on Spotify, Amazon, Bandcamp, all the best places. We'll be back with you again next week. Until then, thank you so much for listening, and goodbye! Goodbye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>